Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of In Bloom Podcast, or welcome if you're new, my name is Abby Aslan and I'm the host of this podcast and this week I'm really excited to be sharing some questions to ask yourself and just some sort of thought-provoking things to do for rediscovering yourself in your 20s and this can really apply to any time of your life, I think just for the overall theme of my podcast, I think in your 20s just fits best, but honestly and truly this can apply to literally anyone, anytime that you find yourself kind of emerging into a new era of yourself and really just rediscovering who you are. And I think that this especially happens a lot after going through big seasons of change and also happens a lot kind of towards the end of the year when we're looking forward to the next year to come which I know is kind of the situation we're in right now and a lot of us are in with looking forward to 2024 which is so crazy and thinking about the goals we have for ourselves the habits we want to implement the things that we want to carry over from 2023 into 2024 the things that we want to start new in 2024 and all of those things and I think it's really important to reflect every now and then, maybe not even annually, but at least when you're feeling the need to sort of just start asking yourself some questions and really get in alignment of who you are at your core or with who you are at your core because I know that as we go through things as adults and as teenagers and older adults and as we age, we change as people you know our priorities change our values change and with that you know we kind of can lose touch with ourselves really easily and sort of accidentally slip into misalignment from who we are at our core because maybe we've been prioritizing the wrong things neglecting certain things or we really just haven't even put any effort into exploring who we are further during a season of life because we're so busy. So I really just wanted to dive into a couple of the things that I think are thought-provoking and helpful when it comes to rediscovering yourself and getting in touch with your true self, especially with this time of year and as we're going to be, you know, making our resolutions for the new year if that's something you do or even if you're just not really making any resolutions for the new year and you're really just reflecting on 2023 and you're like, okay, what even was this year? I feel like I blinked and it was over. What even happened? Where am I at? Who am I? If those are like how the questions that you're asking yourself and you're kind of like, how did I get here? Who am I at this point? I think this episode can be helpful for you. And I think that this episode is really great if you are looking for maybe not some journal prompts, but some thought starters, I guess you could say when it comes to journaling. So if you're a big journaling person, I think that a lot of these things that I'm going to be mentioning are going to be really helpful for you all if that's something that you do, because you could use them as thought starters in your journal. But before we get started, I wanted to go ahead and share the quote goal and gratitude of the week. I don't know why, but I'm like out of breath right now. Um, I was sick this past week, right before Thanksgiving. And I feel like that's that's not why I'm out of breath, but I was just like trying to make my voice sound more clear because I'm definitely over the sickness now and I'm fine, but I feel like I still sound a little sopped up. So I was still trying to make myself sound normal right before I pressed record and I feel like I didn't take a full breath before I started speaking, so I'm like out of breath. But the quote this week comes from Pinterest and it says, everything is created twice once in thoughts and other in reality. And I really love this quote because it's such a good 
reminder that we have to take action on the things in our heads and they don't necessarily just happen out of the blue for us. Sometimes that may be the case, but unfortunately that's not how it always happens. And as somebody who tends to live in their head a lot, I am somebody who will think about things and, you know, literally think about them as long as I can. And so much just stays up in my head, you know, like I don't act on a lot of my thoughts a lot of the time. And that is true across the board in terms of, you know, my professional life, even like with friendships and relationships, like a lot of times I'll be thinking, you know, very highly of someone, whether it's a friend or my significant other. And I'm like thinking, oh, so thankful for them and all this stuff. And I could really just take that extra step and like actually let them know what I'm thinking. But so much of the time, I feel like I'm just talking to myself in my head with all of those thoughts. And yeah, I just don't, you know, actually act on those thoughts and do something about them. And that's like a very, a lot less serious example of it, I guess. But, you know, the the other end of that is, you know, you can think about something for your career, something you want to make or start or do or a goal you have. And if you don't, you know, create that opportunity yourself to just take action, then, you know, it's going to remain in your thoughts more than likely. So it's kind of just like that good reminder that, you know, the first step is the thought and then the second step is taking the action. And you can't forget about the second step, even though it's really easy to do so. So I just liked that quote. So it was very brief, but a good reminder nonetheless. And my goal for this week, I really just want to take things one day at a time and not let things outside of my control ruin my mood. And what I mean by that is I just have a really busy week this week. I am recording this on Sunday before the week starts. So like the day before this episode comes out and my scaries are literally crippling right now. I, I just feel so anxious right now because I know I have a really busy week at work, but I'm having to take Thursday off because of my bridal hair and makeup trial. And then I also have my bridal portraits on Thursday. So I'm doing all of that in one day, but I'm glad I'm taking off and not like taking a half day because that just would make things so difficult. But I'm just like fully taking the day, but I'm really worried about getting everything done at work that I know is going to be on my plate this week, Monday to Wednesday. And unfortunately, a lot of it depends on when the people under me get the stuff sent to me. So if they don't get it sent to me until like Tuesday midday, I'm going to be screwed and have like so much to do on Tuesday and Wednesday. And yeah, (laughs) and I don't want that to be the case. And I have just, you know, like a spray tan appointment Wednesday evening because of the bridal hair and makeup stuff. Thankfully, I was able to get my nails done yesterday as soon as we got back in town from going to Florida for Thanksgiving, which I was really stressing about that. I was like, I do not know if I'm going to have time to get my nails done before my bridal portraits um, because my toes have not been done since July. So they looked real rough. And then my fingers were like a maroon. And I was like, okay, I definitely don't want maroon on my nails for my bridal portraits. But I got that taken care of and there's just so much other little things going on. So I have like my brow threading appointment and then I have the spray tan and I just need to make sure that I like blow my hair out before I go to my hair and makeup trial because that's just what they suggested for like what I'm trying to do since my hair is naturally curly. So I'm like, I have all these little things to check off. I also need to go pick up my um, second dress for the wedding, like my reception dress that was getting altered. So just a lot of little things to do on top of a busy week of work. And then on top of having to leave Friday, like afternoon to go out of town for my fiance's work Christmas party, because it's the way his work does it. It's kind of like a weekend thing. It's a Friday and Saturday night thing. 
and it's kind of just like a little trip to a ranch I think I want to say I'm not 100% sure so I'm going to be doing that this weekend and I completely forgot about it and I'm just feeling very stressed because that's going to be consuming my weekend next weekend and we have a lot left to do for like planning the honeymoon and the wedding and I am just stressing a lot right now and I'm trying not to so I'm trying to remind myself one day at a time instead of thinking of all these to-dos that I have just kind of floating around in my head I'm really trying to just be like okay Monday we're only going to take what you know Monday what we can do on Monday and then we'll move on from there and really think of it on a day-by-day basis instead of cumulatively with my entire to-do list and I don't want to let the little things bother me that I can't control because on Thursday, the chance of rain is 94% right now, which really sucks. And it's like thunderstorms too, not just rain. And driving in Houston in any kind of rain is a nightmare. And having the drive to my venue, which is like an hour away, is going to not be fun in the rain because I can just imagine that the traffic's going to be horrible and that's like kind of stressing me out. But then also, I really was hoping it wouldn't rain because I could get some really great bridal portraits outside because I love outside and during golden hour and the venue gets amazing natural light with golden hour into the venue too and the shots that I've seen my photographer take with the sun coming in through the windows have been so great at my venue specifically and I'm going to be very upset if it's raining and we can't get those shots and I can't get anything outside and then also it's just stressful to carry your wedding dress even though it's in a bag carry your wedding dress and have your hair and makeup done and be doing all these things and running into the venue you know like it's just a lot I feel like my hands are going to be full and it's just going to be stressful but I'm trying not to stress about that because obviously the weather's outside of my control so I'm trying to tell myself You can be upset if it rains and everything, but we're not going to stress over it because that's not something that I can do something about and fix. I could maybe try and move them, but my photographer, it it would just inconvenience too many people, I feel like. And it's so last minute at this point, and I feel like it's something that kind of has to be last minute just because of the nature of weather and not really knowing what's going to happen. So as of right now, I'm just hoping that the forecast changes and maybe the rain comes in earlier or later. and Or even if there's like a window of time, on Thursday where it gets sunny right around golden hour when I'm at the venue, even if I can't get anything outside because the ground's wet, even if the sun just came out to have some natural light and the photos, that would be great. But it is what it is. I know we'll get more pictures the day of, but it's kind of nice to have a day of bridal portraits to get those out of the way in a sense. So you don't have to worry about those on the day of, but it is what it is. And the bridal portraits were like included in my photo package for the wedding. So it's not something that I really feel like I would pay, I I know I paid for it obviously, but you know what I mean? It's not like I was like, I'm paying this much to have my bridal portraits done on this day. So it's kind of just one of those things that just, you know, since it was included, I'm not so, so stressed about it, I guess. It's more of a convenience thing for the actual day of, but we'll have plenty of time on the day of because we're just the way our timeline is, it's going to be fine. So I'm trying not to stress about it too much, but my gratitude for this week, I'm really thankful for all of the time I got to spend with family this past week and friends. Um, It was a really great week at home and my fiance and I went home for like six days back in Florida and celebrated Thanksgiving with my family and it was really great to just like see my grandma, see my parents for a little bit and it was definitely like bittersweet because knowing that I'm not coming or going back for Christmas was tough because I'm so used to that. So being there for Thanksgiving though I was at least thankful I could do that and I got to see some of my friends which was really great and 
we uh, went out on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and that's the first time I've done that. I've gone out the night before Christmas Eve before, but never, like, the night before Thanksgiving. Um, And it was black. I know it's technically called, like, Blackout Wednesday, but I did not black out because that was just not what I was wanting to do. Um, But we had a good time doing that, and it was just funny because in my hometown, everybody goes to this one, like, dive bar basically and I've been to this dive bar before um when I've come home during the holidays and it was just insane this past week and I feel like it's the first year that like I know obviously COVID's still out there and everything but I feel like this is the first year that it's not like so so rampant during the holidays or at least I that's what I know at least um so I feel like it was this is I guess what I'm trying to say this has been the first truly normal holiday season I feel like since it started and I say that but it's still you know relatively normal because I know that it's also flu season and everything so like people are sick or whatever but um with all that being said it was just so crazy how many people I saw that I've not seen like since I graduated high school or very early on in college and I it was just wild because a lot of the people there were a lot not a lot younger than me but like younger than me and I, it just like made me feel old to see people that I hadn't seen since they were you know maybe in middle school or like very early high school at this bar I was like wait what are you doing here um not that they can't be there but I was just like oh you're that old. That means I'm also older. So just crazy stuff. But um, it was a really good time. And I uh, got to go to one of my close friends from home's gender reveal as well. So I was just really thankful to be like a part of that and be there for that as well, because that's not something I typically am able to do because I'm never usually home when my friends who live back home are doing those things like their baby shower and gender reveal. I was able to go to my other friend that now has a kid. I was able to go to her baby shower last year around Christmas, which I was thankful to at least be able to go to that since I couldn't go to her gender reveal. And then this friend, I don't know if I'll be able to go to her bridal or her baby shower or not, but I was able to go to her gender reveal. So that was really special. And I don't know, I'm just really thankful for that quality time and very thankful for all of you guys. I know I talked about that last week, but I hope everyone had a really great and safe Thanksgiving if you celebrated it. I know it's, you know, not an international holiday, but um, I just definitely enjoyed having some time off from my actual job, even though my scaries have literally been going on all week because of knowing what lies ahead of me for this week, but it's okay. So anyways, let's go ahead and get into the episode. And the very first thing for how to rediscover yourself in your 20s and I have to leave with this and please don't eye roll when I say it because I know I talk about it all the time but like I always say I talk about it all the time in these types of episodes for a reason and that is to reassess your values and go online look up values card sort assessment do a little values test figure out what your top five or top seven values are and you know write them down and keep them somewhere whether that's in your phone or like taped to your desk on your wall whatever it's so important to have them in the forefront of your mind because it's truly helpful when you're making decisions especially big decisions that impact your life and I have found that I have been able to live so much more authentically to myself ever since I identified what my core values were because before I was not sure what my values were because I never sat down and really assessed them or figured out what they were so as a result I was kind of just doing things for how like when I would make decisions I was considering other people more so than myself which I'm not that I'm not the type to sit here and say you know like screw what everybody else thinks or how something impacts everybody because that's kind of a 
selfish and ignorant way to live. I think you do need to consider how your decisions impact other people at the end of the day, but it doesn't necessarily need to be your leading deciding factor. Um, and it obviously depends on the type of decision you're making. You know, if you're making a decision about your career, that's wildly different than making a decision about, I don't even know what, just something that's going to impact the general public a lot more, I guess you could say. And it's just really helpful to reassess your values even. So say you've done this before. Say you did this when I first talked about this in the podcast over a year ago. And now, you know, so much has happened since then. It's been a year two and a half, almost two years since I talked about that probably. And things can change and your values can change. And I have even noticed since I first did my values like card sort assessment and therapy, I've even noticed some of my values have changed since then, not necessarily like being completely removed from my top values, but I've noticed that I've started caring about some things a little bit more than I used to. And, you know, on my core values, when I did this a year and a half, two years ago, I didn't really have, you know, like my family and friendships as one of my core values on the list. And I think it's just because I was in a very, you know, go-getter busy phase of life with taking the CPA exam and starting my job for the first time. I think that I felt very lost during that time. So a lot of my core values when I first did this at therapy had to do with my relationship with myself. And that's because I was trying to fix a lot of broken things in me that I was unpacking in therapy because I, I had just started therapy at this time. So for the first time too. So I was doing this values card sort assessment when I was really like getting to know myself again. So a lot of my values had to do with myself, like my health and safety and self-acceptance, passion, like a lot of things like that. Whereas now, you know, I think my relationships with others, like family and friends has really been something that's been more on my mind lately. And I think that's just kind of naturally come with the process of me getting in a groove with my job, getting used to things, getting used to being a working adult and kind of just having more of an idea of who I am. I am able to put more energy back into, you know, my relationships with others and my family, even though it's not something I prioritize a lot right now because I have been so busy with wedding planning. I noticed, I've really noticed, I'd say in the last like two or three months as I've kind of gotten through this or I'm getting through this last bit of wedding planning and I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel where it's like, okay, I'm going to have like a lot more free time opened up once wedding planning is done. And I really need to like make a conscious effort to just pour into friendships, relationships, family during that time. And I can feel, I can almost like feel that opening up within myself to do once all this is over um like I I can just feel myself ready to do that I guess whereas before it was just like overwhelming to even think about so I definitely think that doing a values card sort assessment for the first time or even if you've already done it before like I said if you need to reassess figure out what they are for this time in your life because things can change and the next thing is to assess your relationships and friendships and I think that this is so important especially as you have grown up and carried relationships and friendships through many phases of your life thus far. This is especially true, I think, if you have kind of stayed in the same area, generally speaking, since you were younger, you know, like you've been around the same people through elementary school, middle school, high school, college, post-grad, or even if it's just been since high school. The way your 
life has changed since you were, you know, a little kid or a high schooler versus now, whether you're in your mid-20s, late-20s, your 30s, whatever it may be, it's important to just kind of reflect on your relationships and friendships and ask yourself, you know, am I holding on to this just because it's convenient or am I holding on to this just because we've, you know, it's a long-standing thing where we've been in each other's lives for forever. And this, this is true for relationships and friendships. I know a lot of people go through this when they go from high school to college with a significant other, especially when it's long distance and you're both kind of growing in your own ways individually and growing into separate people almost and in these totally separate places and you're kind of like hanging on to something just for the familiarity of it. Um, I know what that feels like and it's just, it's definitely like a hard thing to sort through, but I think that it's so important to assess your relationships and friendships because you may not realize it when you're in it, but they absolutely have such an impact on you. Like there may be friendships or a relationship that you're clinging on to for whatever reason, like I said, whether it's familiarity or like just for that comfort of knowing somebody's there, or maybe they've just kind of been with you through so many seasons of life that it kind of just feels like it's the way it's supposed to be. But if at the end of the day, you know, if it's not really a mutually beneficial situation for both parties, then in the friendship or relationship, it's kind of something that needs to be reassessed. And I say this lightly because I always like to emphasize when I'm talking about friendships and relationships that it is a give and take situation. There are going to be times where you feel like you're giving, you know, 100% and the other person's giving zero. And there's going to be times where it's reversed. And that's just the natural cycles of being in a relationship or being in a friendship. But at the end of the day is, you know, does the person who's at the 0%, do they come out of that eventually? And do they start giving back again? Because, you know, we're all human and we go through hard seasons of life where, you know, it may be so just draining for us to put effort into our friendships and relationships. And at the end of the day, you know, that's something that you need to ask yourself, like, why you're feeling that way. Like, I know for me, I have struggled with not necessarily putting the effort in in terms of like speaking with people and catching up with people especially when it comes to just you know digitally speaking to people and everything but when it comes to like seeing people in person and making plans that's been a really hard thing for me this year just because I'm always thinking you know like no you need to be doing this instead for the wedding or for YouTube or whatever just because I've been busy but with that being said, this is just a really busy phase of my life. Or maybe you're just going through like a really dark and hard time and you just don't have a lot to give. But you have to remember that that could also be true of the other person. And, you know, maybe say you have a friend that you've had for a long time and you just feel like it's been really one-sided lately. It's worth bringing up and communicating about, you know, don't just let that completely fade out naturally unless that's the way you like to go about things, you know, more power to you. But you know, go ahead and you never know what somebody's going through. And it can be really impactful and helpful as the friend to, you know, reach out to the person that you feel like hasn't really been putting in a lot of effort and just saying like, hey, haven't talked to you in a long time. Or I feel like, you know, things are always falling through when we try to hang out. Like, I just want to make sure you're okay and that you're doing well and everything like that. You can phrase it however you want, but it's definitely important to assess relationships and friendships because if you're holding on to anything that's dead weight at the end of the day, it's absolutely going to impact your mental and emotional health and really hold you back from, you know, being who you're trying to be or aligning with your true self. So I think that one's really important. And the next thing is to ask yourself how you view your spirituality and how you can lean into it. 
And this one is something I like definitely don't talk about a ton, but I did grow up in like as a Christian and I still call myself and I still am a Christian and I believe in God and I really have found myself with the older I get really just craving more of a rest in my soul and spirit. I don't know how to describe it other than as I've gotten older, it's just you you kind of learn the older you get and the more you experience and the more you do that there is just so much. You, you can only do so much to try and feel at peace and to try and feel rested. But I truly don't think you feel that true rest and peace and peace really being the big thing. But I really don't think you can achieve the peace that you're often looking for in more worldly things the way you can with you know having God in your life and like a relationship with God and it's definitely something I have unfortunately like not really leaned into as much over the last couple of years and I think a lot of that is just because of the stereotype and association of a lot of the actual like church and the values of some people in the church in terms of how they treat other humans and stuff and I know that that's I'm not saying that that is a blanket statement for everybody that is in the church or a Christian or anything I'm just saying that as in I think that I've seen it myself at times and it's kind of it kind of just steered me away for a little bit and not saying that I like didn't believe or anything I was just like I need to step away from this and like just I thought I could just, you know, like lean into it myself, but I ultimately just ended up not really leaning into it. And it's something that I have found myself, especially this year, wanting to lean into more and sort of mainly mainly because, you know, it's something that I know my life is better when I am more, when I am leaning more into it because I feel more at peace. I don't feel so fight or flight all the time. And there's just a certain peace that comes with knowing like, that you aren't the main person in control you know what I mean especially as somebody who is kind of a control freak with their own life it just feels really good to kind of say you know I you know what I I just give up trying to control like this isn't in my hands and I trust whatever the plan is that God has before me and that being able to like say that to myself seriously like I can breathe deeper. I feel better. I am nowhere near stressed when I say that. And I know that some people, you know, you may not relate to that or you may believe in something different. That's totally fine. But that's just how I feel and that's what I've noticed. So that is something that I'm kind of asking myself right now in this season of my life, you know, how can I lean more into this? And I think a great way to do it is, you know, trying to find a, even if it's just like a smaller knit, like, small group or Bible study or even like a book study, like a Christian book study. It doesn't even have to be affiliated with the church if that's something that just like feels like too big of a step for you. I think that that is something you can hopefully maybe find somehow through somebody. But personally, I think that that's kind of something I'm looking more into, I guess, going into 2024 and like right now as well. I've just found myself, you know, trying to be more intentional with prayer and gratitude and everything. Just to really, I don't know, just for a lot of reasons, but especially with the gratitude and everything and especially with prayer, I find that those two things help me feel a lot closer to God. So that's something that I like to 
implement into my day-to-day as much as I can with the prayer and gratitude because those are things that I know I can do on my own that do help me a lot feel that closeness and everything so that is something that I've tried to lean into and that's sort of the first step I guess you could say I've taken for that specifically but all that being said um, I know that that's something that's more complex and it absolutely is a part of you you know what I mean like it's not something that you just I don't know I don't view it as something separate from myself like it is a part of me and it is a such I mean it is it is such a big part of me I guess you could say especially when I am leaning much more into it and I'm you know actively pursuing it and everything and it absolutely impacts your life so I really when I was sitting down and planning this episode I was thinking of the things that I have felt in hindsight in my past 25 years of life and that I can feel going forward in life will absolutely have and have had the biggest impact on my life. And I can look back on the seasons of life when I was a lot more involved with, I don't want to say involved with my faith because that makes it sound like I'm like, I've completely retreated from it when that's not the case. But just basically, I guess a lot more actively in pursuit of it and just I don't know. You know what I mean. But in those phases of life, I can look back in hindsight and see that I was so much more comfortable taking risks. I was a lot less stressed. And I was overall, I think, just a, I I felt better. Like I just had, I felt more rested and because I wasn't as stressed. And as a result of that, I just, when I look back on those times in my life, I really feel like my friendships and my relationships and myself, I was thriving more than I do in other times of my life because I just have more to give to at the end of the day because of feeling more at peace and more rested and everything. So the next thing is to identify your hobbies. And I think one of the big ways to get in tune with what hobbies you might enjoy is to ask yourself what things you loved doing as a kid. And hobbies can be literally anything. I think it's so easy for us to just think of hobbies as things that we do as like side projects to make money. Like I know a lot of times when somebody asks me my hobbies, I'll go to say like content creation. I'm like, okay, well no, that's technically a job for you. Like what's a true hobby? So then I think like, okay, reading, which that's definitely more of a hobby. And content creation is a hobby, but I don't want that to be, I can't sit here and say that that's my sole hobby because that's just not not good for me to have something, my, my one hobby that I think of be something that is tied to how I support myself at the end of the day. So think of the things that you enjoy doing as a child. And I think that a lot of times these things that we love doing when we are a kid are things that are often tied to the jobs that we'd be best at too. Not always the case, but a lot of times the things that you like really just lost yourself in when you were a kid, when time would just like fly by and you wouldn't even realize it and you always enjoyed doing, I think if there's a job that's somewhat affiliated with those things that you did as a kid, it's probably somewhere you would thrive. And like I said, not always the case, but sometimes is the case. So if you're in a phase of life where you're looking to make a career change and you're trying to figure out what that career change might be, a really good place to start is to ask yourself, you know, what did I enjoy doing as a kid? And like, what do I enjoy that as an adult now in the form of a hobby? Is it something that I would be willing to do every single day if it was supporting my life and my lifestyle if I tie that to the hobby because sometimes people don't love tying 
you know, making money to the hobby that they loved as a kid because it ruins the fun in it because then you're depending on it for your livelihood. And that's how I feel about being a full-time content creator is I find that when my worth in terms of like how much money I'm making and also just how I see myself, which that's a whole other issue that I have to overcome. But when all of that is tied to content creating, I don't enjoy content creating as much because then it's become a means of me surviving. Whereas now it's supporting my lifestyle and providing a lot for my lifestyle, which I'm very, very thankful for. But if it's the only thing providing, it causes me a great amount of stress. And I also just struggle a lot with it because it, I view it more as a job instead of this outlet. And the, if I view it as an outlet, my, my content is a million times better because I'm a lot more creative and I, you can tell that I'm enjoying it a lot more. Like if I go back and look at the content from like summer of 2019 when all I was doing was YouTube, I was not doing well. And I mean, there are other reasons why I wasn't doing well, but like I was genuinely not doing well and I hated so much of that summer because it was so much of, I just really didn't love only doing YouTube because I just truly felt that tying my job to something that had always been a creative outlet and a hobby really ruined it for me. So I just couldn't really do it anymore. But I think it's really great to identify your hobbies when you're trying to rediscover yourself because it's a great way for you to figure out how you can just sort of recharge and find some things you can do that aren't productive that really just give you joy and those things are really important as you're rediscovering yourself and your hobbies can change too which is also important to remember you know you may go through a phase of loving to read you may go through a phase of loving to crochet or whatever it may be and learning new hobbies is also really important because I mean it keeps us mentally sharp and everything too and I think that a great way you can sort of trigger this memory of what did I love doing as a child if it's possible for you go to the places that you did when you were a child because nostalgia is so powerful like I know when I go home like back to Florida I just feel so in touch with like this other version of myself I don't want to call it the true version of myself because that's suggesting that like the true version of myself doesn't exist when I'm not at home and that's not true but I just feel so much more deeply in touch with myself and I think it's just because the things you go through like as a preteen and a teenager and everything and the life you live like wherever you are all of those memories are like attached to that place and it's just really powerful to like go back to that place after you've left and grown and you know really reflect and ask yourself you know how have I changed like what are the things I still enjoy enjoy doing that I did back here like when I go home I'm always like oh my gosh, I forgot how much I love to just be in the water and surfing and paddleboarding and like walking on the beach, just being by the water and in the water as much as possible. And that's just like, those are things that are hobbies of mine that I can't really be in touch with when I'm in Texas as much. So it's powerful to go back to the places you did as a child because you'll kind of remember and the nostalgia will kick in and you'll just remember those things that you enjoyed doing when you were younger or it can help you identify new hobbies too so identifying your hobbies is huge and the next thing is to ask yourself what are your strengths and talents and I think it's really important when you're in the working world to 
reflect on the position you're currently holding or maybe you're about to be working and ask yourself, you know, how can I incorporate my strengths and talents into my current position if I'm not doing so already? Or should I search for another role that better complements my strengths and my talents? Like maybe your strengths and talents just aren't really in alignment with the job you're in. And I think that that is a kind of just like a issue because it's something that causes friction. Like you're never really going to feel like you're doing well in your job if that's the case or maybe you need to like talk to your manager and see if you can pivot into something else internally to really help you play on those strengths and talents more because you don't want to be in a situation where you have you know these strengths and talents that would work really well in one type of job and you're just like literally forcing yourself to go through something where it's not complementary of your strengths and talents and it's going to be very draining for you because you're going to feel like you're putting in all this effort and it's something that's difficult for you and while that difficulty will produce challenges and you'll grow from those challenges if you're really not able to really put your strengths and your talents to use and something, it's going to feel really draining at the end of the day. And you don't need to find something where it like checks all of your boxes per se, or where you're using like all of your strengths, because chances are you're going to have several weaknesses, if not a lot, especially when you're starting out wherever you work. And you just have to accept that. But chances also are that there are going to be some strengths and some talents you have that can really go hand in hand with your role. And maybe it's something that you're not going to see until later on down the line. Like I know for me personally, I... I'm very detail oriented and I definitely have a passion for teaching and helping others. And as a senior, you know, I've only been a senior at my firm for, you know, since August, so almost like four months. So not very long at all, but you kind of start doing senior work before you're promoted to senior. And the few times where I've, you know, coached somebody or helped somebody through something, that's felt wildly different than the two years that I've spent as a staff preparing things and being at the bottom of the totem pole. And I didn't really get to play on my strengths and my talents of coaching others when I was a staff. But after two years, that becomes actually a huge part of my job. So maybe a question to ask yourself is, is could I eventually use my strengths and talents at my current job? Or is this something that's just a total mismatch and I need to like find something else? Because that can absolutely be the case too. But super important for rediscovering yourself in your 20s to just ask yourself what your strengths and talents are because also those those can kind of change with time. You know, maybe something that you used to be really crappy at has become something that you're really good at and now you're really passionate about it and you want to integrate it more in your day-to-day life with your job. Or maybe something used to be a really big strength of yours, but you found that trying to incorporate it into your life and into your job, just maybe it's not the best. And there's something that you actually thought wasn't much of a strength of yours that is better to kind of match with your role. So when you're really rediscovering who you are and what you're doing with your life and just really how you're going about your life, assessing what your strengths and your talents are is super, super helpful, especially when it comes to the working world and your career. And the next thing is to ask yourself, what are my unpursued interests? And I really like this one, and this is one that I've been really trying to lean into, I guess you could say. And I don't don't want to say I've been trying to lean into it recently because let's be honest, no, I haven't. Like I'm, I've been so busy. The last thing I've been doing is thinking about the things that I am interested in, but just haven't ever pursued. Like I don't have time to do that, but I will say that something that I'm looking to do in the coming years is to lean more into my unpursued interests and asking yourself is this are they something that you should pursue in a 
professional or recreational setting or manner because your unpursued interests could be something that is maybe a job you want to try out or a career field you want to try out or maybe it's just recreational in the sense that it's a hobby that you kind of want to get into so maybe you've always had an interest in I don't know sewing but you know nothing about sewing or gardening or something and you know nothing about gardening and it's just something that's kind of always piqued your interest that you could see yourself doing but you've never taken that action kind of like the quote this week said it's been a thought that you haven't turned it into action if it hasn't turned into that action yet is it something that you should pursue and is it something that if you do pursue is it something you're really looking to do in a professional sense or more of a recreational sense and if it's recreational then that's a great way to identify your hobbies and one of the things I didn't mention when I was talking about identifying hobbies is to think about those unpursued interests what are those things that are always floating around in your head that you want to try that you want to give a shot or that have always kind of occupied some brain space in a sense when you've talked about them or when you've seen them or heard of them and that could potentially be a hobby for you or maybe it's something that you have always had in the back of your mind that you've just like really been itching to try as a job and in my opinion especially if you're in your 20s my opinion is to just say go for it even if it's something that you know you may not be super qualified for or maybe if you feel like it's a big pay cut or you're just taking if it feels like you're taking a step backwards trust me even if it feels like you're taking a step backwards it may be a step backwards in one sense, but it could be a million steps forward in another sense, if that makes sense. Because say you're working a corporate nine to five and you're really wanting to take a jump into say like personal training and like being your own boss with being a certified personal trainer and literally going to being a certified personal trainer, but you have like a glamorous or what appears to be glamorous nine to five corporate job and you're wanting to become a certified personal trainer taking that step is probably going to feel like a step down because it's going to feel a lot less official but you have to think that taking that it's taking a step down and taking a step backwards to you in that sense when you're comparing it to the nine to five corporate job that you have but when you compare it to you know where you where your passion is and where your values are at and if the certified personal training is something that is like absolutely aligned with all of that and thinking of how much more successful you could be with like you know developing your own consistent clientele and everything and doing something that's a lot more in alignment with your strengths and your values and your passion ultimately if you're doing things that are in alignment with all those things it's probably going to just be a lot more lucrative in the sense of your emotional and mental health and also hopefully financially for you and taking that step backwards is or I'm not saying that it is taking a step backwards, but in your head, you're thinking that it's taking a step backwards. But doing that is really, you know, you're taking a million steps forward at the same time, because it's leaning into a direction that you would otherwise be foregoing if you stayed at your corporate job that you never really would have explored. And it opens up so many other doors because it's on this completely other different path. So it's definitely really important to ask yourself, you know, what are some interests I have that I haven't really pursued? And you know, can I do anything about any of them? Maybe, like I said, maybe it's a hobby or maybe it's, you know, trying out a new job. And like I said, if you're early on in your career, especially in your 20s, I think that it's like the time that you're able to take the most risks, I would say, just because, you know, you're young and 
you have that flexibility, you know, you're not tied down with kids and not saying the kids tie you down, but you know, you have a lot more responsibility, obviously when you have children. So making those risky jumps in careers is a lot more difficult to commit to, at least I would imagine, not that I have children and I know this, but I'm saying I would imagine it's a lot harder to make risky decisions when other lives are ultimately impacted because of the decisions you make at the end of the day and like people are going to be impacted but directly impacted I guess is what I mean so it's important to think of that and the next question is to ask yourself who do I truly admire and how can I learn from them or be more like them and I always feel like I hear people talk about this on podcasts especially like an entrepreneurial type of podcast where people are talking about how they got started and what they're doing and they'll talk about somebody that they really looked up to and admired and really just like followed them very religiously and like consume their content and like really just try to learn from them and be a lot like them and I also think it's important to ask yourself what are ways that you feel you're already like that person and obviously it can be kind of like a parasocial relationship thing especially if it's somebody you don't know in real life so you're sitting there assuming that you have these things in common with somebody else you don't even actually know in real life but you at least know a good bit about them if you know they share a lot about themselves so with that being said I think that when you're rediscovering yourself the people that you admire at the end of the day they typically are a reflection in some way shape or form of who you want to be and at the end of the day I think it's important to ask yourself you know why do I want to be like that person and like what is it specifically that I really like about this person's life that I admire and everything and I think it's important to remember like to it's not a lot of times with jealousy like it can get really messy especially with the online the nature of social media and everything it can be really easy to like I don't want to say it can be easy to mix up jealousy and admiration but I think some people have such strong jealousy that it's like actually admiration technically and it's just like who do you truly admire you know what I mean like who do you love consuming content from if it's in a social media sense like why do you enjoy consuming content from them why would you want to be more like them or what can I you learn from them and on the other end of that you know if it's not somebody that's on social media maybe it's like one of your bosses maybe it's just a higher up at work that you really admire because of their work ethic and you just find that they work really hard and you really want to kind of have the same lifestyle as they do or you want to be respected as much as they are at work or whatever the case may be I think that asking yourself those questions and really digging deep with like who do I admire and how can I learn from them can be really impactful because it can help you reveal some inner passions that you have yourself that may be unfulfilled or that you maybe haven't identified yet that you can pursue so the next thing is to ask yourself, which this one is huge because this one is one that I think I've asked myself in high school and college and in postgrad and the answer has been different every time is that, and that is asking yourself, how do I define success at this point in my life? And oh, this one's so big and I haven't technically truly asked myself this all of those times, but I have in some way, shape or form reflected on how I view success and what it means to me when I was in high school, college, and now as a postgrad adult. When I was in high school, to me, success was, you know, making good grades, getting into a good school, having, you know, like being at the top of my class, 
all of those things. And that was kind of just like what success was to me. There wasn't much more to it than that. And also just being a good person. And in college, success was getting the best looking job to other people and, you know, being involved in a lot of things and just overall making an impact on other people. I think those were things that I viewed as successful or like when I looked at myself and then when I would look at other people, the people who I found were very involved in a lot of things. They were clearly making an impact on people's lives in some way, shape, or form. And they were, you know, just really committed to just, I don't know, maximizing their potential in college. I found that to be successful. And now in post-grad, it's just funny because I feel like so much of how I viewed success in high school and college had to do with status-based things. So the amount of money somebody had or the job somebody secured or got or the internship somebody had or the college they were going to, all of those things somehow were tied to success to me. And now as a post-grad adult, success is, you know, having inner peace and truly having contentment in day-to-day life, having stability and, you know, having a solid circle of friends and people you surround yourself with and you know just even even having a job I think of this economy it's like okay that's successful <laughs> um so it's just so wildly different time to time and I think that asking yourself how you define it is a great way to help re- help yourself rediscover yourself just because the way you view success is going to wildly impact the decisions you make and the things you prioritize because at the end of the day as humans and in a capitalistic society in the United States at least like you know we're all gonna kind of naturally be having some sort of drive for success in us just because that's the way that we've been raised and you know I think a lot of us as we've gotten older we've kind of unpacked a lot of that and been like okay we've put like way too much emphasis on this whole success thing this worldly definition of success too at that and it's you know definitely stressful and it we've all gotten really tired I guess over the years with being in such a success hungry and hustle culture type of world so asking yourself you know how do I define success is wildly going to change the decisions you make, um, especially as you grow up and get older. And I think that, you know, a parent is going to have a different view and definition of success than a child or than a single adult, you know, like everybody's opinion and like their view of success is going to be different. And it's absolutely subjective and dependent on people's life experiences and priorities and so many things like that. And last but not least is to ask yourself what you're most passionate about. And This one is so hard because this one can like really depress me if I think about it too long because I'll think about, you know, the things that I'm passionate about and then I'll realize that I don't integrate a ton of those passions into my day-to-day life with my job, like my corporate job, and that can make me really upset. But I have to, I I remind myself often, I'm like, you know, I'm very passionate about inspiring and helping other people and really just... I just remember like when I started my YouTube channel, I was like, I really just want people to feel inspired to like go after their full potential when they consume my content. And that's kind of just been, that's a very casual version of, I guess what you could say my mission statement was when I like started my channel and everything. But I just remember feeling so, so lost and just misaligned my freshman year of college and just 
not knowing what to do, but knowing that I just felt like sparks inside of me in the best way. And like just felt myself light up when I thought about helping other people become the best versions of themselves and seeing their potential through. And I've always been that way with people in my life, whether it's, you know, if I'm in a relationship or it's a friendship, I am definitely like the encourager type of person to just like really want people, want the best for people and like want people to go after what they feel is going to help them reach their potential. But it can also be, you know, a downfall in ways because I can see something for somebody and the other person either won't see it themselves or I am so set on my ways in my head of how I see something working out for someone that I can maybe kind of turn a turn a ear, turn an eye, whatever you want to say, to what that person actually truly wants. And that's something that I've had to kind of like work on and realize is like, okay, you may think that that's what's best for that person, but ultimately at the end of the day, you know, you're not them and you don't know that. Like you can think you know that and convince yourself you know that all day long, but at the end of the day, they're going to know what's best for themselves and they're going to, you know, choose to go after that or not. And also on the other side of that, you know, I can only want something for somebody so much, you know, I can't force somebody to go after it and do it. So it's definitely like a difficult thing and it comes from a good place. Like I think some people can hear that and think that it's like manipulative in a sense and it can be if you're not aware of it. But for me personally, like I'm aware of it now. I think that there were probably times in my life when I wasn't as aware of it and I was, you know, maybe like probably too pushing to encouraging the people to like go after things but and honestly it was never a situation where I feel like there were never situations where I was like out of the blue like pushing it onto people it was when people would bring it up to me and then I would be like okay I think that you know you you have all this in you and you can do it and blah 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 like whatever um that's I can't think of any like specific examples right now but ultimately I'm very passionate about helping other people and inspiring other people and really just inspiring other people to go after what they want and I am so passionate about that because I have experienced the feeling of just almost like despair and just feeling so lost and not really knowing who I was and what I was doing and then you know going after something that I really felt like was going to be a big change for me and it was very scary when that was you know starting my YouTube channel and everything in college I pushed through and I went through that and now here I am like nearly seven years later and it's absolutely changed my life in so many ways so I'm just like somebody I I have lived through it and I've lived through that whole fulfilling a potential thing and I don't think I've fulfilled my potential already per se like I definitely think that I have so much room to grow and learn and just expand in general but I think that four times of my life I maximized my potential when I could and where I was with what I had if that makes sense so asking yourself what you're most passionate about is something that's going to change through different phases of your life as well but I also think that at the end of the day there's going to be some passions that kind of just remain the same for the most part like that everything I was just talking about has been a passion of mine for so long and I really see it being a passion of mine for my life because it's something that at my core I just feel so strongly about and going off of that I've I'm so passionate about like teaching other people too like I that's why I've always said you know like I can just really see myself being a college professor or a teacher one day because I'm just really passionate about it and I always have been like I always loved playing teacher when I was a little kid it was like a hobby of mine but it's something like when I was asking myself number four is this something is are any of the hobbies that I have or think passions that I have something that would 
could be a job for me that I think I could enjoy. And I'm like, yeah, teaching is probably the one thing that's like I enjoy doing as a kid and that I have done at other times in my life, like being a teaching assistant and stuff. And I've enjoyed it and I could see myself doing, you know what I mean? So I think asking yourself what you're most passionate about is definitely a hard question, but even if you can't pinpoint like one specific thing and you're able to kind of get a good general sense of what you're passionate about, that's more helpful than nothing. And I know at work sometimes, like I know we do um, a like workshop where we kind of draft our personal, like I can't really think of the word, the exact phrase right now, but like your passion statement or like you incorporate your passion into like your mission statement or something like that and it's very personal to you and that can be really helpful too you can definitely like look that up on like pinterest or google or something if you're looking for more of like a template and guidance to really identifying and pinpointing what your passions are that can be really helpful but that is all i have to share with you all this week for rediscovering yourself and things to ask yourself when you're really just trying to get back to the truest version of yourself. And I thought that this would be really helpful before we get into any kind of new year's inspired content. Um, and it's it's especially helpful when you're just reflecting at the end of the day too. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave a review. It helps us show out a lot and follow in bloom podcast on Instagram. It is always in the show notes and follow me on Instagram as well. And my social media, if you want to keep up with me elsewhere And I also post on YouTube once a week. So if you like video content, that's all on YouTube under my name, Abby Aslan. But I love you all and I hope you all have a wonderful week. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you all next week.